0: So I'll just intro the show per usual and then we'll Dude, get it. Dude, I
1: love the swaggage.
0: <laughs> I don't have the music in though. Oh so I'm just gonna have to do it live. I'm just gonna have to wing it and do it live and put it, it in and post.
1: Sounds
2: good. <laughs> 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 <It's for time. laughs>
0: What's going on, you guys? My name is Justin, but you can call me Jay Swag. Welcome back to another episode of Sports Talk with Swag. Appreciate you stopping by, giving a listen, hanging out with us tonight, today, this morning, whenever you're listening to this episode. Because you're not listening when we're recording, and it's a night for us. But that's the one thing we know for sure. Yes. Is this not live? It is not live. We are not gonna do it live. Oh. It's live okay. for us. Live In for us. Yes. Same amount of pressure. Yes, we are recording. No, no this. cuts. But no cuts, no edits. Not I even guess. If there's a phone that, call. I guess not. <laughs> <laughs> I guess I'm stuck to that now. So yeah. this is the raw, uncut, full frontal episode. Yeah. Yep. Nudity. yep. <clears throat> they would never know. Got to market explicit now. Um. <laughs> yeah. So this is. The finale, this is the championship matchup that you've all been waiting for. You've been clamoring for it, hitting up my DMs constantly. <laughs> my phone is dead from all the notifications <laughs> asking for it. It is the hunt for the best sports city of all time, part 15, I believe. Wow. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Full um, bracket. Yep. Um, so we have Boston versus Chicago, if you haven't kept up. Um and quite the matchup here. I think we all saw Boston making it to the end, regardless of who they had to go through to get here. Chicago, I think, is probably the best matchup they could have ended up with just based on how the bracket ended up shaping out. But I'm trying to think of like who else could have been in this position instead of Chicago. Yeah, that so would've... maybe we'll start by recognizing the fallen cities. Mm, I think I think Pittsburgh is up there. That could have Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh mean, and they Boston. did give a great fight. yeah.
3: Plug plug back for the old episode there. Yeah,
0: because that was a good one. That was a good um, one.
1: Well, let's let's begin with the ones that weren't even fun. Just didn't even have a chance to begin with.
0: Mm, do you have a specific one in mind? Well, I got to
1: shout out Green Bay. Yeah, sure. Oh, yeah. I shout it out. It's yeah. only one. <laughs> <laughs> They've only got one thing. Yep. <laughs> the but one that, thing they, that one thing's got a lot of. Things. It is very good. Yeah. <laughs> and also. I also understand this one. No shots for Toronto either. Yep. Mm. Pretty much my two, yeah, my sports home yeah. teams. I just uh, want to try to exclude included. you off the bat as much yes. as I could. So specifically, this is, just you. this is objective to me as possible because right. I don't care about any of these. Sure, <laughs> sure,
0: yep, at all. Um, speaking of that, real quick though, um, I just want to get your quick input. I've talked about this a couple times on this show, but I feel like I haven't gotten your specific input, especially being a Green Bay fan, of how do you – and this is personally, not, like, objectively. How do you weigh uh, pre-merger NFL championships to Super Bowls?
1: I get where people are like, oh, it wasn't the same. But, like, what are you going to do except, like, you're going to discredit them for winning, like, what they could win? Sure. I don't think that's fair. Yeah. <laughs> just because there's less... It's like, oh, there was less teams back then. It's like, yeah, there were less teams before the Houston Texans joined in 2004, too. Sure. Does yeah. that mean, like, we take away half of Tom Brady's Super Bowls? I know it's not the exact argument, but, like, you know, it's just... I think it's it's kind of like trying to compare... Like, oh, who's a better quarterback, Patrick Mahomes or Johnny Unitas? It's like, you can't say. <laughs> yeah Because, sure. well, it's Patrick Mahomes might not be a good example because he's had one good year so far. I right. think he's great. But let's say someone like Aaron Rodgers or Tom Brady, Yeah, who's better, him or Bart Starr? Yeah, And with Green Bay, we get it all the time. Is it Bart Starr? Is it Brett Favre? Is it Aaron Rodgers? Like mm. the big three. Yeah, And it's like, you just can't really compare them. You could, obviously, it's a little easier with Favre and Rodgers. But even then, it's like that there's still, there was like technical crossover, but the way the game has changed, I think, you know, I I think regardless, you got to count them. And it doesn't bother me that much because the Packers have four like legitimate Super Bowls, which is like pretty
0: good. Still, yeah. It's top tier.
1: Yeah. So, you know, if, but I mean, we're, we're going to look at some teams like the Bears, For instance, with Chicago and they have a ton of wins pre merger. Yeah. And I'm sure that's something that we'll talk about a bit. But um I think those I think the early teams like Green Bay and the Green Bay Packers, Chicago Bears informed I mean, I don't think we have like the NFL without them. So I I think you have to count them. But I also understand the argument like Yeah. You know. The the Packers love saying like what is it, thirteen time? Champions, but they say like four Super Bowls. So mm.
0: Yeah, they won what they won. And yeah, that's all you can do. Yeah, I just I, I always find it interesting, um you know, because I, I I I think I pretty much track entirely with what you just said. Of you know, I understand it, but you know, a championship is still a championship, mm-hmm. regardless. um Cool, that's just interesting. I've always wanted to kind of get that on. On record here, so I can quote you on that later. Any um, other
1: fallen cities we want to shout out that made the list?
0: Yeah, I got to shout out had New had York. A, that's right, New Jock City. They just got <laughs> the rough draw of having Boston in the first round. Oh, um, yeah, it's tight. Which was yeah, and because that's a, another you know interesting like sp- sp- specifically with that city of if you take the Yankees away, people think they don't have much, but they still have some very talented teams you know you have the giants who have a ton of championships right. and a couple super bowls um you got the rangers who were one of the original six in the nhl the mm-hmm. islanders who won four straight um the mets have won a handful but anyways right. so
1: and the jet i mean you, know. you can you yeah. can probably include like
0: i mean i think all their teams yeah. have something to to speak for themselves they have a I lot of think, teams yeah which you know obviously helps too i just think the yankees always kind of take the brunt of that, of that argument, but, um, I'm trying to think of any other ones.
3: I think LA put up a fighting chance, kind of, took a swing, but
0: I think it, I think their fans really hurt their chances because, (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it really is like a thing where, you know,
1: it's a weird city, a weird sports city.
2: Yeah. Like their teams
0: kind of speak for themselves. They've done well, but like, I'm trying to remember, I think, like, the Rams. No, not even the Rams. I'm I'm trying to remember, I think the Angels, actually, were one of the only teams that started in Los Angeles. Hmm. Almost every other team that's there has, like, moved there. You know?
2: Yeah.
1: You're saying they don't have a ton of lakes? I I
0: am (laughs) saying that, yes. I, you know, I can't think of one lake.
3: One LA lake.
0: But I can think of a couple out in, I don't know, like, near minnesota Minnesota or something but i don't know um yeah so pouring out for the homies who didn't make it to this uh to this championship matchup but can't all win you can't um but it's time now it's time we discuss boston and chicago it's time we crown a champion so that the entire country and the entire world can finally know uh and be at peace of who is the best sports city of all time because this is the end all be all. There's um, a lot riding on this. There's a ton riding on this. I mean, everyone in Boston, Chicago right now is on pins and needles. Yeah. Waiting for this poll to go live. For
1: this live podcast. Yep.
0: That's yep that is live right They're now. Listening in right now. If you're hearing this, it's live. That's true. To that's you. right.
3: That's absolutely true. To in the moment. Live.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um so if you're unfamiliar with how this works. What we do is we go sport by sport and compare the two cities to each other and how their franchises match up against each other. Um, And then we kind of crown an unceremonious uh, favorite or someone who may have the advantage in that sport, and then we move on. Uh, And then kind of wrap things up at the end and then make our final arguments and try to decide. Um, Sometimes we have people representing specific cities. Sometimes we don't. and we kind of just go at it, you know, objectively as we can. I mean, we try to be as objective as possible regardless. But um, tonight, you know, we're going to kind of do both. Um, we have boss, uh, We have Brandon back on the show. Um, What's good? Representing Boston. If you've listened before, he's, he's done a great job representing Boston. He's going to continue to do that tonight. Uh, and then Hunter's back on, another friend of the show. And Yo. he is... Uh, I guess representing Chicago, but we kind of talked and we we want to have it be as objective as possible. Um, But at the end of the day, people have their opinions and those are subjective. So, you know, we're going to take those
2: little, little pinch of salt.
0: Just a pinch. Just just a pinch. Any more than that is just wasteful. Um, So. um, Let's have. Hunter, decide which sport you want to start with here.
2: Hmm. Let's talk basketball.
3: Let's talk.
2: And they're playing basketball
3: all around the world
0: to the beach, y'all.
1: We like that basketball <laughs> all around the world.
0: We're probably gonna get copyrighted because of that. Because it was, they're gonna be like, that was the real song. They're like, that sounded like the master. They're like, that's <laughs> of the song. That's. Little Bow Wow. Yeah.
3: They didn't pay for that.
0: That's Calvin Cambridge. I um, broke my
1: tailbone being like Mike. You what? I broke my tailbone trying to be like Mike. Can I, can I start uh, this off Chicago <laughs> basketball with this? When I was little. Here we go. Um, I think the movie Like Mike had just come out. I was sure. just telling someone the story recently. You guys, do you guys know this story? I've I don't think I've the ever story. heard this story. These are two <laughs> of my best friends, and they've never heard the story before. I, um, to this day, still have a fractured tailbone, and it's not aligned right because what? you can't heal it. You can't heal it. And so um, I wanted to be like Mike. So, what me and my friends did was put their basketball hoop up to NBA height and tilt it down, and I hung onto uh. the rim and. I guess we had known about leverage. I guess we had <laughs> learned about it at some point or we were just smart enough to understand what happens when you sure. sit on the back of it. Mm. So we lifted it up and it I was trying to replicate like the scene where he's space jam dunking dunking the ball. Oh yes. oh oh yeah yeah. And like yeah, yeah, my, yeah. Sure, and sure. I I confirmed this recently. I rewatched the trailer and <laughs> yeah. there's two dunks in it. Yeah. So it definitely happened cuz mm. I'd be very disappointed if that didn't happen
0: (laughs) all that for nothing
1: so i was up there hang literally hanging out and then i was like ah crap how am i gonna get down and then fortunately i didn't have to decide that for myself because one of the kids got off the back oh yeah and i plummeted (laughs) like what is it 12 10 feet 10 feet um right onto my butt (laughs) on the concrete oh my gosh and to this day my if i sit the wrong way like, it, it hurts really bad. Wow. Who
3: was the punk that got off the end? We Dane, want
0: names. I'm not going to
1: name names. um, But I do remember it was... There were some... I think I remember some of the friends. Mm. There, were The Riley twins. Mm-hmm. Oh, H. nice. We're all familiar yep. with them. Yep. I think Dane Four Lines was there. Ooh, Dane. Oh, yeah. Dane. Big Dane. Big Dane. He might have been the person that got off. <laughs> I Uh-oh. don't really... Because it was quick. Uh-oh. It was like, oh, sh- Yeah. You know, yeah. and then... Fall and smack my butt. You weren't but, paying too much attention, but at that it was the time where I felt like I like really grew up because, fortunately, the Riley twins' mom <laughs> was a nurse oh. and she was home, and so she could like yeah. figure out what was wrong. And I remember she said, "This is a really painful injury. It's okay for you to cry." And I said, yeah. "I don't think I have to." <laughs> wow! So that's how we're gonna start things Man. off. Uh, yes. Do Do you have any stories like that uh, in? Any no, Boston I, I basketball movie <laughs> influenced injuries?
3: No. Every time uh, there was an opportunity for me to cry, I just take it. So yeah, I, yeah. I, I, haven't, I haven't grown up in that way yet. Mm. You know,
1: there's so. nothing wrong with that. <laughs> I just didn't have to cry in yeah. that moment. You didn't? Yeah. yeah, that's good. It just hurt really bad. Sure. It still does to this day. <laughs> yeah. But let's talk basketball. Let's talk
0: some basketball. <laughs> um, so I'll just go through some stats here real quick. We'll start with sh- we'll start with the Bulls here. Um founded in 1966 uh they have 6 finals championships to their name um all from the uh help of Michael Jordan um 35 playoff appearances in 53 years uh so 66% of the time they make it to the playoffs not bad it's very good um regular season record uh they're sitting over 500% and as well as the playoffs they're at 54% in the playoffs um they had the best regular season record in the NBA up until 2016 uh, when the Warriors broke it by one game. Um, they have 26 winning seasons and 27 losing seasons, so just shy of 50% uh, of seasons being winning seasons. Um, and if you've listened before, I've talked about ELO ratings. Uh, and if you don't know that um, or you're are unfamiliar, Um, go back two episodes in this series to hear me do a full breakdown, but basically it's just a rating system, uh, that's zero sum. So if you're familiar with like chess ratings, it's the same as that. Um, and so the bulls have 11 teams in the top 250, uh, all time ELO teams, uh, peaking at numbers one, two, six, seven, and eight. So they have five in the top 10 there. Yeah um they were pretty good in their prime uh and they're the only nba franchise to win multiple championships while never losing a final series so they're undefeated in the finals Um, wow and of course we all know this is in large part thanks to one michael jordan uh obviously he had a great supporting cast Mm -hmm. um and you know when you look at the team they you know people say they haven't done a whole lot without Michael Jordan or since those years, but I disagree. Um, But I'll leave it at that. Those are my statistics that I have to add. And we can, you can, you know, go down, we can go down further now if you want.
1: Well, it's just one of those things where it's just, it's Michael Jordan. Like, like you said, it's just, there's something
0: hard to deny.
1: It's just like, in the in the thing that really stuck out to me that you mentioned was that they've like haven't lost an NBA final. Yeah, that's like crazy. Yeah, that's me. huge. That's like so. No one
0: clutch. else has that. Yeah, that's unbelievable. Unless they've only won one. You think I of
1: decided. I know I'm probably jumping ahead, but you think of like Tom Brady's Patriots. Yep. Like one. I mean, obviously, like Tom Brady is probably to the NFL that like Michael Jordan is to basketball. Sure. But he's still got a couple, you losses. know, losses mm-hmm. sprinkled in there. Uh, shout out giants! Hey, but <laughs> Twice. um that really stu- stuck out to me. I think there's they have a certain legacy to them that I feel like this is completely subjective and not objective, but I like that they haven't really changed their like branding or uniforms, but I was kinds gonna mention things. that
3: they're one of the few that have have a the consistent logo, right.
0: and you like. That logo. I do like that. I think there's a sense of yeah, it's really good.
1: Yeah, it's great. I think it's it's pretty timeless and even like when I'm watching a rap like the Raptors play them, for instance. It's even if they don't have a good team, there's something that comes with that bull's image that's like they're good. Like you still I didn't even like I was too young to really watch a lot of these great Bulls teams and it's still just like there's something about it. You like see it and you, you feel it and it's it's for good reason because they're I mean it's insane they're elo they have you said five in the the top 10 top 10 which is insane including two in the top two (laughs) yeah yeah numbers one and two yeah um yeah I think there's a certain legacy that comes with the bulls that was really instilled by by Jordan sure and um like you said I think it you know I I don't think it'd be right if if we didn't, like you already did mention that he did have a great supporting cast. I mean, you can't win what the Bulls have won with just one player, despite yeah. it being Michael Jordan. I mean, we and it's the same with LeBron too. You have to at least have some good rotational or you know team players. So yeah, there. I the reason why I chose basketball first is because I feel like that's something boston also has with their team mm-hmm. is like they're in they're in that same category of like this this lore and th- they they make sure they they harness that yeah to like you know propel them forward a bit
0: it should be noted that both Hunter and Brandon are graphic designers, so naturally jumping straight into the logo. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> which is <laughs> under an underrated uh, facet of sports. I just
3: verified it; they have not changed their logo. It was it was adopted in 1966. Wow, and they have not changed it.
0: Good for them. Time, it's great.
1: Timeless design. You don't.
0: I feel like probably. Well, I don't know about the logo specifically, but I think the thing could probably be said for the Celtics because I feel like. It's just always been, yeah, the green and white. Which that's just what the plain I think. Too. Well, they've, text, they've had a couple.
3: They'll bounce between the shamrock and the the word the word lockup and all that. And yeah,
1: right. They have a couple of variations, but it, do ha, I I can't even remember this. This is a genuine question. Do the bowls have like an alternate uniform that's different besides maybe like a Christmas Day one or something yeah, like that? So
0: typically, uh, I think I can't remember. So they have the white and the red, and then their alternate is usually black. Yeah. Um. But they they brought out the uh, old throwback that was the black with the red pinstripes on it this year. Which mm. is the NBA has done well. I guess it's really not on them. It's on the team specifically. They've All the teams have done killer jobs with bringing back the the Raptors the did throwbacks theirs. with the Woo! dinos. I love those so Barney much. Barney baby, bringing them back. Oh yeah.
1: But uh. because uh, I one thing I think I remember from from Boston is they've been in recent years they've rocked that alternate that's what is it is it the green with almost that charcoal gray
0: oh yeah font? so i feel like that's
1: something that kind of is de- deviates it's it's not enough to be like this is sure we're going into a branding discussion now which yeah. is of course where the two graphic designers go but it's like does it's not doesn't feel off-brand doesn't sure yeah or, or in layman's terms like it doesn't feel like it's not the yeah the celtics you it's know
3: still the
0: same yeah so for sure principle Yeah,
3: they had a weird one in the '60s. It was just kind of the strange version of the leprechaun. But they've they've had the same (laughs) basic, the same basic leprechaun design since the like the '70s, like the early '70s. Mm.
0: But yeah, I I do think that just the the branding of a team is a very underrated facet, um, because I think there are. I'm trying to think of one specifically well, now, but I mean, it gets subjective.
3: Yeah. But. Well, we're talking about like when you're talking about the greatest sports city of all time, we're getting into uh, honestly, we're, we're getting into mythos almost. Right. Sure. Like it's it's how does this city, which is already kind of hard to quantify. Sure. And how does that loom in people's minds? How does that loom in things like we talk about things like the collective consciousness? Like <laughs> how, how do you compare like what's the greatest city and sure. and sports city. So like, I think it's almost fair to have these types of discussions where yeah. like, you're butting up against art. Yeah. You're, you're butting up against like the legend of Michael Jordan, like yeah. one right. person's, but, but the greatest, you know, yeah. or in the conversation of the greatest, like that affects how you view an entire city. And so that, that all of that is in play here, mm. which is really cool.
1: Yeah. I think you have to too. I mean, with these two teams that are, or two cities, I should say that are squaring off against each other it's fine margins it's and it's it's yeah. it's one of those things too like i mentioned and this is part of the reason why i wanted to talk basketball a little bit first was because in a similar way they both have that like you said that you know mythos to it that that feels like timeless and it's almost like you're mm. transported back in time even though mm-hmm. like we didn't even really exist in the a lot of the peak eras, at least of yeah
0: you of
3: basketball know. yeah right so
0: yeah, I agree. Um I think you know I guess to kind of hit could go back to what I hit on in in the statistics. Um the Bulls, you know, they've only their championships only came in the Michael Jordan era. Um but I mean, really when you look at that team since he retired the second time, um you know, they still had some really quality teams. And especially right when I started watching basketball in like 2008, 2009, 2010, like that kind of era, um, when they had the team of like a young, like Derek Rose, mm-hmm. Kirk Heinrich, uh, Ben Gordon, Luol Dang, like Carlos Boozer. Just like, yeah. just like kind of, they were almost like the. It was an era where it was, like, them and, like, the Grizzlies, like the grit-and-grind Grizzlies, mm-hmm. um, where it was just, like, everyone on that team gave 110% on, like, every single play. and um,
1: Think of a guy like Derek Rose, like, literally pretty much jeopardized his entire career because yeah. he was putting his body on the line all the time. Yeah,
0: yeah. and just, like, every player was like that. Um, and it was just, like, they were, like, tough competitors in every game they were in. And, like, because that Bulls team you know was one of the ones that was always giving the Celtics and the Cavs the mm-hmm. biggest run for their money in that in that time um and they you know had some some great games uh but you know could never get over that hump but one you know interesting thing too about the Bulls is i don't have the specific note with me but i remember when they faced off against Washington i did some numbers on some t- research into attendance um and I think since like two thousand <clears throat> um oh United Center, that's where they played. The United Center mm-hmm. is like n- been number one in attendance. for American like, Airlines. So. Yeah, that's what it is. Um like every year except for like one. Wow. Like they've led in attendance. Like it's just they sell out like every and it's the same with the Blackhawks too. They sell out like every single game and the fans like pack that uh arena out. Um, so you know, even like now like the past 2 years where the bulls have been like right. bottom feeders they're still stelling out like every game that's wild it's yeah, just like I, that legacy that we're it, kind of we're talking about it's just like this is the place that michael jordan played like mm-hmm. you know it's just the aura of the bulls like people just want to see them
1: exactly and i mean the you know if if we're kind of breaking it down into categories like before you're talking about like aura and and you know, like legacy and things like that. Mm. I mean, another thing I know throughout this whole series, like the hunt for the best sports city is, is like, you know, what are the fans like? Like, what's yeah. what? What is it like? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. that's huge. I mean, you mentioned the Bulls and the Blackhawks; those are obviously huge teams for Chicago. I think of a franchise like the Chicago Bears too in football. I mean, I'm a Packers fan, but I mean, they they haven't been good in a while. Like, really yeah. good in a while. Yeah, and. It feels like I've, you know, never seen Soldier Field not full, jam packed. It's it's, yeah. it's always packed with people. I think that's for me. I think you know, fans and things like that have pulled the heaviest weight for me personally in terms of, um, obviously, the accomplishments need to be there as well. Especially in this phase when we're in the <laughs> final two teams. <laughs> yeah. Um, and you don't get here without both having great fans. But I think that should. Should be noted because it's across the board, really. Yeah.
0: Um, yeah, Yes. Then to go to go over to the East Coast for the Celtics here, I'll just run down a couple stats here. Founded in '46, so one of the um, you know one of the first NBA teams. Seventeen total championships, including uh, eight in a row, and ten championships in eleven years. Uh, All of those are records. Um, 56 playoff appearances in 73 years. So 77% of the time they've made it to the playoffs, uh, 59% win percentage in the regular season and 57% in the playoffs. Um, and I've mentioned this a couple of times, but for those who haven't heard, so back in 1995 or six, the, for the 50th anniversary of the NBA, they crowned the 50 greatest NBA players of all time uh and the celtics had 10 of them uh so a fifth of the greatest nba players of all time uh, played the majority of their careers for the celtics which i think is just wild um they had 27 teams in the top 250 elo of all time uh peaking at number four and 53 winning seasons only 20 losing seasons so that's 73 percent that's good conversion right there, yeah. yeah, uh so pretty astounding numbers there, which you know, if you're even a casual NBA fan, none of those surprise you too much because they are often regarded as the best NBA franchise of all time um, and another team, another city like we've kind of mentioned a little bit that has a certain legacy and aura to it, um not specifically from one player because the Celtics have kind of had consistent mm-hmm. eras with just very dominant and memorable teams with filled with tons of players um and you know just those classic green Mm -hmm. uniforms um and you know td garden is such a legendary arena too and like i love the green the
1: green line well in the yeah the the pattern of the wood but then also just that there's something about that green it's like (laughs) the perfect talking about colors and stuff too Mm -hmm. we're talking about it too much really but (laughs) i think that's a huge part of sports it's just like it's it's something that sticks with you and that the green and you know uh you know within the court and stuff is just like it's iconic there's something about that color and i don't know if you see like that specific color around very often or Mm. at least that actually you would look at it and be like, man, that's timeless, you know, yeah, because sure. it's, it's such a bold color, but I was, that's funny. That was one of the things I was going to mention too, was the court yeah. at TD garden.
0: Yeah.
3: Yeah. I think like the, uh, the biggest distinction that I feel is unveiling itself throughout this conversation is the, the comparison between the uh, significance and the lore of these two great franchises from Chicago and Boston. Um. It, could be argued uh is a a result of an individual accomplishment and mm-hmm. and the presence of a truly transcendent player mm-hmm. versus uh um i guess a more traditional path where you have mm. kind of sustained team success yeah. over time but uh you know there are some players uh who've been on Celtics teams who are in the conversation to give some of the greatest players of all time sure. of course um and it's it's tough though because you start saying things like Michael Jordan, yeah. like and it, and that and uh, one other thing I was thinking of is uh, especially it might just be a recency bias, but LeBron gets compared all the time uh, in the Jordan or LeBron conversation, mm. and uh, LeBron has the Cleveland connection, but it's not as strong. And Jordan played almost his entire career in one place, mm-hmm. and LeBron moved, and so there's a it doesn't no one's talking about uh kind of. The Cavs as a transcendent franchise, or even the Heat, if we're even sure. we talk about yeah. that, because you won more with the Heat, mm-hmm. but no one's talking about them as one of the one of those types of top tier sure. franchises, or even that it represents the like the aesthetic of a city mm. uh, as a sports city, right? Um, in the ways that we're talking about Jordan's effect on the Bulls franchise, and how that affects the entire city. Yeah. Um. But I mean, that's interesting, and and you have an effect like that can't really be understated. Mm. And I, it's interesting that you have that butting up against the Celtics, which is, you know, the long streak of, of consecutive NBA championships, and then the repetition and the sustained excellence. Sure. Um. But then, how do you balance that against the person who has defined the sport? Yeah. Um. And how do you compare those two things? Um. But yeah, it's just interesting how have we have those two things kind of in opposition. Yeah.
1: Well, I think that's almost if we're talking in recent times, your point is almost a bit personified by, like you said, and like we've been discussing, the Bulls are like Jordan's team. But when we think of the not super recent, but of the great Celtics teams, with the the collective of Paul Pierce. And those guys, you know, Kevin Garnett, uh, Ray Allen, you know, that was like a big three. And it was like that it's even that team, which had like three great players and they complemented each other so well in the court, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um, was like it was three of them. And it was like, you know, it was, you know, versus Jordan was just Jordan. So your point being like, even those great teams that had some like truly all time great players were like, it was a a little bit more of, like, you think of it as a unit more right. than, like, a singular person. Sure, yeah. Yeah,
0: yeah I think, um, yeah, with the Celtics, it's definitely sustained success by team effort that all have, you know, any Celtics team that won a championship, I think, you know, you can pick out the people who were the biggest factors and who were huge name players um but it was never you know i don't know, I can't think of another way to say how what you guys have both already said, <laughs> um but just agreeing with what you're saying um but i mean i I think it is i I would feel remiss if i you know didn't at least give some love to some of those players you know you think of i you know hold in my opinion i think that bill russell is one of the most underrated Mm -hmm. nba Mm -hmm. players of all time (laughs) um because he played so early on and he was such a not flashy not sexy player at all but he has the most rings of anyone uh that's ever played in the nba and he was just a massive you know almost transcendental kind mm-hmm. of athlete. Um, right. you know, and it's great. Like when you, if you like look up some highlights of like him playing defense against like Wilt Chamberlain or Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, mm-hmm. it's like great. Cause he was like locking those guys down and there's like videos of him, like blocking Kareem Abdul-Jabbar and, like multiple times in the same possession and stuff. And just like <laughs> the frustration he would cause to anyone who got close to the basket. Um, And the sad thing is, you know, a lot of people like to judge or make their judgments based off of of statistics, but a lot of what he was doing was pre-statistics, especially for what Uh, he was doing, because most of what he was doing was before they recorded blocks um, or (laughs) any sort of, like, you know, defensive PER or anything like that. Um, So his statistics won't speak for themselves, but even the ones that he does have of, um, you know, I think he has the second most rebounds of all time and he's, you know, again, like I said, not in the blocks, but I think if I'm surprised that no one has like gone back and tried to find a way. I mean, I guess they weren't filming every single game mm-hmm. back then, but to like somehow get a estimate of like how many blocks he did have. But, um, you know, someone like him and then obviously players like, you know, Larry Bird, who is right. a legend uh, in in his own right, who I think if he had a clean bill of health and was able to play a lot longer than he did, um, I think he would be, I mean, he already is in conversation for like one of the best, best of all time, Mm -hmm. Of course, but if he had more time to play, you know, he's one of those people too, where if you just like watch his highlights, it's unreal of what this guy was doing. You know, he obviously is known for his scoring, but he was an incredible passer, had such high IQ, you know, on the court. Um, but, you know, those are just a couple of guys that. Are I think
1: legends. I th- one thing when you mentioned Larry Bird, was thinking about him and him and Michael Jordan had a a good relationship, right? Yeah. I I don't know if I had just recently seen a picture of them, like outside. Uh, it was like an old picture that like resurfaced or something of them like hanging out. Mm. That's completely. well, it's not completely off topic, but it does. It doesn't really weigh in anything except for the fact that it's like, oh, it's these two icons yeah. for their cities. Sure, and, yeah. Um yeah. That's yeah, I mean
0: he's definitely uh Larry Bird definitely most known for his friendship with Magic Johnson um yeah, that's true. and like their rivalry that of started course. all the way back in college um that you know was huge for the NBA at the time because right. you know two even back in college they were like two of the best players of all time that constantly ended up playing against each other <laughs> uh but they became like best friends because of it. Um, and I was going to say something else, but now I completely forget. So, dude, if, if, if that's all right.
3: We've said a lot.
0: <laughs> yeah, man, I was excited for what I was going to say, but now I can't remember it. Now I'm really bummed. <laughs> Shoot.
1: So we'll liberate Yeah, will pop back.
0: Um, well, anyways, so you know, you know, at the end of the day. The statistics do end up speaking for themselves here with the Celtics having 17 championships, (laughs) you know, and the Bulls have six. And it's like, it's one of those things where I've said this every single matchup that Boston has had, really, where it's like Chicago against most other cities is going to win the fight. Right. But when you're going up against Boston and the Celtics, who are the greatest NBA franchise of all time, you know you can only do so much but i think outside of the lakers the bulls give them you know one of the biggest runs for their money in terms of you know nba franchises um so i think at the end of the day i got to give the advantage to the celtics here but the bulls are going down swinging like we've said just with the the legacy that they have outside of the statistics kind of speaks for itself yeah yeah um <laughs> Brandon, where do you want to go next?
3: Let's pop over to, the, to football.
0: The old National the old Football pigskin. League. My
1: old gridiron.
0: <laughs> Let's talk some Pats. Let's talk Pats, baby. Let's talk Gronk.
3: Gronk on ball.
0: Let's talk
3: Tom. Let's talk Tom. Let's talk Amendola. Mm-hmm. <laughs>
1: Let's talk uh, Matt Forte. <laughs>
3: criminally underrated
1: player. Uh, uh, <laughs> Jay Cutler? <laughs> <What about? laughs> underrated for the Packers.
0: This is a criminally uh, average-rated Jay Cutler. Very fairly <laughs> average-rated pro- Jay They probably Cutler. wish
1: they could have him back right now.
0: Maybe That's they can true. get him out of retirement again. I know, he might. If he went might. out of retirement for the Dolphins. Whatever
1: prime Jay Cutler was. <laughs> yeah. They probably wish they could have him right now.
0: <laughs> was he the one that brought them to the Super Bowl?
1: No, that was Rex Grossman. bro. was Rex bro. Grossman.
0: Okay, Even, I thought so. How I was like, you forget. I was like, that wasn't Jake. Sexy Kyler, was Rexy it? baby. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, we'll get to that. Um, but let's start off with the Pats here. Um, you know them. You know who they are. Uh, founded in 1960, six Super Bowls, tied for the most Super Bowls. Um, Eleven conference championships, which is the most in the NFL. 26 playoff appearances in 59 years. 44% conversion right there. Uh, 56% win percentage in the regular season. 65% in the playoffs, which is stupid. Um, 12 teams in the top 250 ELO of all time, peaking at numbers one and two. Um, 38 winning seasons, 21 losing seasons. Um, since 2001, they have finished first or second every single year in their division uh and both of those second places so there's two uh both of those were only just due to tiebreakers. so they still had they were tied for the best record in that division um and since 2000 they have a record of 201 and 71 (laughs) which is the brady belichick era which is uh again stupid (laughs) um and i always like to throw this out there because this is literally like the only uh negative statistic i can find about the patriots uh, that between 1989 and 1993, they only won 19 out of 80 games, <laughs> which is a win percentage of 24%. Oh, yeah. And that's about the only blemish I can the, find for them. That um, was the bag over the head years. Yeah, yeah. Every, every seen pictures. <laughs> every team has had that era at some point or and another. The Bengals are going through it right now. Yep. Oh, gosh. It's just been a very long time <laughs> since the
3: Patriots have had to deal with that. Um, yes. But it might be a coming around the corner. It. <laughs> Let's <laughs> discuss your thoughts. Yes, I think Tommy's out. I think this when is, I think this is his last year. You, you think, think he so. just I do. Traded? I no. Retired? I think he's opting out, and I think he's going somewhere else. I think he's so, he's signing with another so team. Okay.
1: You think he's going to sign with another team? Yeah, I do. Woo! Wow, I've, these are hot takes live that I've. This yeah, is my first time hearing Brando talk about this. Yeah, yeah, I
3: I, I, wish I could uh, exclusives. I know. Well, I wish I could. I could own the the supporting evidence here. That a <laughs> lot of other people have made some have helped me to formulate this. But uh, he's selling. He sold his house that when that happened. That wasn't a big deal. Oh, I did hear about yeah, that. Yeah, because he that was it, like a, it was a while ago. Yeah, uh, I might have been in the off season, and he said, well.
0: Did he actually sell it or he put it on the market? He put it on the market. Because I remember like, when they put it up, they're like, who is going to buy this house? Exactly. And, he, and that's what he
3: said at the time. He was like, if you haven't noticed, it's one of the more expensive yes. ones <laughs> like in the area, so it t- takes a while to sell. Um, his trainer sold his house, which to Ooh, me, that's, 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 way more that's actually far more interesting to me wow. than him selling his house. Um, and uh, he's, a, he's a California boy. And, really? Uh, I believe so. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. and. Um, I saw somebody wearing a, a Brady Michigan jersey the other day. That's right. And then Scotty was like, is that Tom Brady? My wife And she was like, yeah, that's Heck Tom yeah, Brady. Um, yeah, and uh, I think th- some of the beat writers in, in New England are have, po- have had a lot of discussion this year that there's a, a good amount of tension. And not that there isn't, hasn't been tension for the past couple of years, mm. but I think especially this year, in, as opposed to in previous years where it's been a little more on the national uh, within the national spotlight, mm. some of the tension in New England. We think back to two years ago when Jimmy Garoppolo was there, who had four great games. Yeah, um, or Jacoby Brissett, two great, well. yeah, three great, two and a half great games, <laughs> and then Jacoby Brissett had one and a half okay games. Yeah, but it's and looking then, great in Indianapolis. And, 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 and you point. think that he was on to something, right? Yeah, yeah and yeah. Belichick, I, I think, I think the that was a really dramatic. There was a really long form piece written up in, on either Sports Illustrated or ESPN. Um, about that whole process, and uh, Belichick was ready to move
0: on, and essentially Kraft, Kraft swooped in it. and said no, we're and not. then they traded Jimmy G,
3: and then they traded Jimmy G for nothing.
0: Yeah, because I remember that was the whole thing. Because that was when I came into that whole thing. Yes, was I was just like, wait a minute, it was this like a guy second who just round lit pick. It up, yeah, and you just gave him away for
3: like one second round pick. Like it was, it was criminally under. And he, he, he sent, he gave him, he called up Kyle Shanahan. It was just because they had a good relationship. And he was like, "Kyle, I want to give you like the supposedly." The he was like, "Here's here you go. Like I'm I'm gonna offer you this. Like oh I'm I'm gonna give you a deal." <laughs> Things always get really wow.
1: hairy when, well, Belichick is the coach and GM. Yes, but when ownership that's hairy steps in, and of in itself. <laughs> yeah, he's one of the few that's been able to do it well. Yeah, um, it's always an interesting situation when ownership steps in especially yes. when you have the track record that bill belichick has sure exactly. which is arguably the greatest a- a good coach one. <laughs> of all time yeah yes besides maybe a couple of blemishes on the record but it he's proved time and time again that's shouldn't really be held <laughs> yeah. against him but the second something like that happens is when it's like that to me th- it feels like that was forever ago but that kind of yeah. feels like the beginning of the end yeah mm. i mean it
3: truly is and we're, we're talking about a 42-year-old quarterback who wants to play till he's 45. It's like, even if that's the case, it's only three years, and it's uh, this is the year that we're seeing the decline. Every year we're like, when's the decline coming? Here it is. We're living in it. And uh, Jarrett Stidham might have to be the future here of the franchise.
0: Dude, I got a soft spot for him. He played a couple years at Baylor, which is my dad's. (laughs) So I watched him play in college. Uh, Go go Bears. Bears. Go (laughs) Bears. Right there.
3: Uh, so yeah, I think with that, so those that whole thing was more in the spotlight this year. Mm. It's more contained to the beat writers who are in more in on it than it's not really picking up a national narrative. Um, and there could be a lot of reasons for that, but whatever mm. reason, um, you're hearing that from the people who are on the ground there. Mm. And I I think there's probably some some credence to it. A lot of people think that LA is a spot where he might go. Yeah. Uh, I was gonna say you think Philip Rivers is a free agent at the end of this year. And so a lot of people are thinking that they'll that Brady will pop out there.
1: What's Brady's contract looking like?
3: He see he had an opt out. He's gonna people. He this is his. He can opt out and become a free agent at the end of this year. Option. Yeah, yeah, he has that. And he had. I think he restructured it this year so that that was an option for him.
0: I was gonna say. I feel like every year he's restructuring his contract. And yes.
3: Yeah. And and I believe that there was something that I read that said this year he made us he made a change that enabled him to at the end of the year become a free agent. Wow. Well, and so these this is the writing on the wall to me. Sure. Um all that to say, uh it'll be interesting to see Kind of the legacy of the Patriots and where the where the the franchise stands. Five years from now, five years from now, when Brady's no longer there, you know, regardless, if, regardless, <laughs> yeah. even if he plays his whole career there and retires, like five years from now, he's not going to be playing football anymore. Um, how the legacy of the Patriots stands, how mm. these nineteen years of Brady and Belichick, um, like how that stands up to time, mm. um, and uh, it you know it's it's easy to. It's easy to talk about like that. It is one of those things. Again, it kind of stands on its own, and then you you bring up the stretch where they won nineteen games, and everything before that. Remember, we were talking in the Pittsburgh episode about Pittsburgh's has more sustained success if you're sure. looking over the course yeah. of, yeah, of time. And I think you'd probably you know the Bears have won Super Bowl, right? Uh, but m- similar to the Packers, as we mentioned up top, a lot of pre-merger championships. Yeah, and uh, uh, like. The Patriots, it's all back ended here. Yeah. But it's so loaded. It's almost like it, it almost might be com- a comparison to the Bulls. You know? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <sure>. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. So uh, all of that stands to reason. How do we judge that? How do we evaluate that? Mm.
1: I think it's so interesting. I just pulled this up because I uh, thought I remembered reading it, but I didn't want to say it without it, looking it up. Belichick pre-brady if we're talking well browns and patriots yeah had a losing record wow he or he only had one season pre-brady the 1994 cleveland browns went 11 and 5 before that 6 and 10 7 and 9 the 11 and 5 season 5 and 11 5 and 11 and then brady shows up and he's had a winning record ever since <laughs> so it's it just
3: is another interesting thing like what
0: is gonna happen next? right Right. Yeah, I'm just as curious as to what happens to Belichick.
3: Yeah, like, I mean, he's. In, I think if he's not 70, he's almost 70. Yeah, and he's uh, like the
1: same for the past 20 years. Yeah. Well, yeah, it's <laughs> so true.
3: But then another another great thought was uh, a couple of years ago, Belichick was saying he's probably not going to coach into, into his 70s. And then this year, kind of he, the the question resurfaced in a, in an interview, and he was saying, you know, I'm a lot closer to that age now than I was then, and I'm still feeling pretty good. So mm. who knows? Okay. Um. And so that yeah he. He said, obviously, I'm closer now be able to evaluate that than I was five years ago or whatever. And yeah, So it, it'll be interesting. I think, uh, to me, it was a big piece of that legacy, Belichick being so committed to winning games um, and to the excellence in the Patriot way, which is a Belichick way mm. that always has included Brady, uh, but Belichick was ready to move on from Brady in the name of the Patriot way. Which kinda right. makes made sense. Is, they move on from everybody yeah. else. Right. Like, sure. It's a revolving door for yeah. everybody.
1: And the most interesting thing about the the Brady Belichick Patriots is the NFL and most American sports, but especially the NFL, is built on, on parody. Like it mm. it's so hard to have it's built so you can't be successful for a really long time. That's the system right, right. the the NFL has in place. And so, when you're a guy like Bill Belichick, you can say, like, so long as you have this guy, Tom Brady, who's like the best to ever play, is like, yeah, we can have rotational pieces 24 7. We can have new running backs and receivers and like have a solid defense and like all that is. And we can pick, you know, 26 to 30 in the draft, you know, like picks 26 and 30 in the draft. You even see that it cut. I caught up with the Packers, too, In they have Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. I mean, he wasn't fully healthy last year, but they still had a losing record. And it was, it was very clearly, like, they needed a bad season so they could have a couple good draft picks and hmm. kind of, like, refuel themselves <laughs> a bit. But it, Brady is one of those—like, the Belichick way works because you have Tom Brady— and, yeah. in, and when you're winning in that way it's easy for bu- it's really easy for buy-in like that's right the second he's gone and it stops working is all the discipline and you know grind it out mentality of the patriots is that going to have the same effect or is it going to be like a lot of these teams that and coaches that have been offshoots of of belichick right you know we're seeing matt patricia and detroit it's just doesn't look like it's working yeah and um what's his name when josh, McDaniels josh mcdaniel josh mcdaniel when yeah. he went to denver i mean that was a disaster yeah but that's because they have no reputation yeah and of course belichick will always have his reputation but i just the think the buy-in is huge the buy-in is huge and i mean i guess this is a, a harder comparison to make but saban gets that buy-in at alabama yeah. and they kind of mm. work the same way and that kind of plays off the fact that he's like listen I know what I'm doing, yeah, and everyone's like, Okay, yeah, you know, like people sign up for that, knowing that, yeah, right, um, well, that's so, what
3: it is, is everyone goes to New England knowing what they're getting into,
1: right, so it's interesting, man, yeah, they've been so good though, yeah. like you said, I mean it's mm-hmm. it's unbelievable how good the patriots have
3: been. with all of this stuff that that we're talking about this year, too, I mean, there's all these this is brady's looking mortal and the offense isn't clicking they lost one game yeah to like, to, like probably the incumbent the best team. mvp yeah probably yeah. the like, best
1: team in the nfl i think the ravens are yeah and
3: one. i watched that whole game and there were some some plays i remember this one play was in the red zone and it was covered flawlessly mm. like they got a pass rush they were they the pocket broke down everyone in coverage was covered and they had a spy on the quarterback like yeah. outside linebacker was spying, was spying Lamar Jackson. You can't spy. Lamar everybody Jackson. was, was, not gonna work. <laughs> everybody was covered and they got a pass rush and he just ran for 12 yards. Yeah. It was like unbelievable.
0: Yeah.
1: Sometimes you can, everyone can be doing their, do your job. Yeah.
3: And it's like, not and you still enough. lose. Yes.
0: Well, it's one of the, yeah, it's one of those games where you're just like, well, they were the better team. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and
3: Lamar Jackson was the better player. Yeah. Like, the, yeah, it was amazing. But all that to say, uh, they're eight and one or, yeah. or nine and one. Nine and yeah.
0: one. Yep. Like they've only lost one game. Well, and that's somehow <laughs> the, th- I, we were talking about this last season um, of, it seems to be the trends probably the past, like four or five years with the Patriots where they're not finishing the regular season, you know, 12 and four, but maybe, you know, like 10 and six or something. Yeah. And with some sort of like a little, like mini slump thrown in there and people are like, oh, here it is. It's finally (laughs) their Patriots are going down. But it's just them taking their foot off the gas a little bit in the regular season so that they can just floor it in the playoffs and do what they do best.
1: Well, and that's the thing, too. Until someone can prove that they're – like, I know the Ravens were better on the night and they look like the – I think they look like the best team in the NFL. Yeah. yeah. It's like playoffs are – it's literally like a different league. Uh, yeah. It's like entirely. some say it's like almost like the jump from college to the pros is like <laughs> a jump from like regular wow. season to postseason. Which I think that's a bit exaggerated, but sure. you get the point. Right. It's literally like a league above and that league the Patriots no one's better than the Patriots had it. So mm. I remember there was one season a couple of years back where the Patriots started off kinda slows. Is the time where Belichick kept saying we're thinking about Cincinnati. We're thinking about so oh, that, that was, press yeah, conference. We're on to Cincinnati. We're on to yeah. Cincinnati. Well, that was
3: when they got blown out in the, in the first week, I think it was to the Chiefs. They lost like 42 to 7 on like Sunday night. Yeah. Alex Smith. Alex Smith's <laughs> yeah. Chiefs. And he said, We're on to Cincinnati.
1: Yep. And I think they didn't start off the season well in general. But, and then it was just like, I don't, I don't remember who won the Super Bowl that year. I'm assuming it's the Patriots. <laughs> and if it wasn't them, they were probably in it. Yeah. So you, you know, I I'm I'm never convinced that the Patriots are out until
0: the end the multiple
1: season. years of them not being in the Super yeah. Bowl or Tom Brady or Belichick leaving yeah because I mean we even see like um like there was a year the Jets knocked out the Patriots and that was just like a one off The like Sanchez you, the Sanchez baby <laughs> and those. Like, losses just happen sometimes. Yeah, sure. But until someone can prove it to me otherwise, they're just... They've they been the best the team in the past yeah. 20 years, and there's... Hands down. Like, you you literally just cannot argue it. Yeah. Bears, on the other hand, are like... Like you said, it's kind of the opposite. Um, Bears, one thing, despite not being great recently, they've always had this identity of, like, great defense love it i think that's like a really cool thing for lack of a better word yeah um even now when they're not doing great it's like their their defense is so good i remember saying last year and i'd probably for the most part you know not fully stand by but i remember last year saying i think that's the best defense i've ever seen in my life, I in mean, our lifetimes, absolutely, yeah. I, it was just so insanely good, and they had Mitch Trubisky, and they went eleven and five, <laughs> and were a double doink away from, yeah. That's the only yeah. reason why yeah. they weren't in the playoffs. And I think Matt Nagy's just an overrated coach, anyways. But mm. and and you even think back to the season they went to the Super Bowl with, like we talked about, sexy, sexy Rexy Grossman, Rexy. and they just had it's their defense that carried them, yeah. Um, you think of the guys like, well, now it's like Khalil Mack and some of those big guys up front, and then, you know, the two thousands and these guys like Brian Urlacher, kind of these yep. iconic players, and um, Julius Peppers, right? Julius Peppers, well, for a couple seasons, and then um, but those couple seasons he was great, yeah. Um, but it's hard because like nine championships 1921 1932 1933 1940 1941 <laughs> 1943 1946 i mean that's like first off that's pretty belichick patriots-esque yeah in the way that they won i know there's less teams i know it's pre-merger i'm glad we got that discussion out of the way <laughs> but i mean that's dominant yeah that's dominance. dominance. Yeah. they have the most hall of famers yeah in the nfl and a legendary coach of their own and it's really hard because obviously none of us were even remotely close to being alive then. <laughs> and there's not really like, you can't really go back and watch footage of the 1921 season. <laughs> yeah, sure. Like World War Two was like 20 years away. Yeah. You know what <laughs> I mean, like, which is like pretty crazy. Yeah. Um, so I think what you have to fall back on sometimes are like those numbers where it's like well we couldn't watch them and mm. you know i can't say for certain like oh what was their like yeah. calling card or whatever yeah. and it's like their calling card was just being really freaking good <laughs> yeah like and just like winning what they could win and that makes it a really hard comparison between like the bears franchise sure yeah and the patriots franchise because they're opposites it's almost like yeah (laughs) Yeah. i mean a bear's last one in last one in 85 which is obviously you know a little bit before you know brady shows up but it's almost like a baton was passed a bit not not really but you know in terms of just like since 85 the bears haven't Won a Super Bowl. Yeah. And even before that, their last championship was 63. So there's still, you know, 22 years in between. And, you know, it's just really hard to compare such a dominant team early on to such a dominant team like that we're living with right now. (laughs) Yeah, sure. And that every year we watch the Super Bowl with Tom Brady and Bill Belichick. And it's a recent, recency bias says, like, oh, the Patriots. But, it's it's so so hard for me to compare the two because they were just really good and you have to fall back on things like 28 hall of famers like i said is the yeah. most um and their elo rating they had two in the top 10 and number three and number seven so there's something to be said about that sure um when i was talking about the identity of defense to the 1985 bears yeah. obviously i I don't. I can't believe I forgot to mention that when I was making that point. So it seems like they have this like long-lasting identity that I really, I think everyone should respect. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just very hard to make the comparison between the two because, like you said, Brandon, like the Patriots didn't do like anything, <laughs> yeah, for Brady, and like what well, it'll be really interesting to see what happens. Like, who knows? Maybe they'll just like. Find the next whoever, like Lamar Jackson was picked 32nd. Right. Sure. Maybe, maybe they'll just find that guy or luck out like the Packers did and just like. Or luck out like
0: they did with, with, they with Brett, Tom Brady.
1: Brett, yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, you know, move on from one great quarterback to another. You can never count on that. Mm. But
3: Maybe uh, it's Jared Stidham
1: who knows i mean Sick you, just, bears, you baby. don't know i'm sure when drew bledsoe was the quarterback of the Patriots, some people say maybe it's tom Brady. yeah, <laughs> yeah. You know? it's like who's the that last guy? pick like, in the draft
0: sure like
1: i literally saw his combine tapes and it's embarrassing to watch <laughs> it is pretty funny. and it turns out he's like literally arguably the best player that's ever played the game so, yeah um who knows it's hard that's that's a hard comparison to make and i i mentioned fans i mean obviously patriots have you know and just you know boston new england just have crazy fans some of the rowdiest fans yeah um but that's another interesting thing to see what happens because Mm. when you have almost i mean it literally is pretty much a generation that's growing up used to winning yeah all the time like and that's um when that's normal which how good the patriots have been the past 20 years is not normal right it's far from it it's like extraordinary (laughs) like by every sense of the definition um it'll be interesting to see kind of what what come what you know how the fan base reacts because and this isn't this isn't a knock on boston or new england fans anyways i think you can see it sometimes happen just with anyone when you have such 20 years of sustained just sure. being the best uh, like you just off. become spoiled and
3: I mean just um, pop over to golden state and see how they're doing <sighs> yeah you know, that fan base is feeling
1: oh gosh exactly <laughs> and that's even a shorter period of time yeah than the patriots have had
3: but i love watching it though yeah well it was interesting because i was just yeah it is fun i was just back over i was up in in rhode island and uh having a conversation with um my cousins who are nineteen and fifteen mm. <laughs> and uh some of my dad's cousins who are in their fifties and sixties mm. and them talking to my cousins and being like, You guys don't even remember when the Patriots were bad. Yeah. Like, <laughs> this is just you normal for know. you. But these yeah, these lifetime New England guys, there's just like who were exactly what you're saying. It's Enjoy like, it while you can. Yeah. Sure. And that maybe to re- to push it back towards the the greatest sports city idea here. It's it's uh you know mm-hmm. how the franchise exists to the people mm-hmm. in the city. uh It was for the people who are ride or die. This is a really sweet time because it wasn't always like that. Yeah. Well, and yeah. it's also
1: interesting to point out, like Brady and Belichick made Boston, for a lack of better word, New England, mm-hmm. but we'll we'll say Boston, like a football city. Yeah. Like it Absolutely. just yeah. wasn't in yeah, the way yeah. that like Peyton Manning made Indianapolis, like <laughs> right. a football city for his time when he was there, it's just interesting. I mean, the only thing I can remember of the Patriots pre-that was that the they played the Bears beat them they in the, the Super Bears, Bowl. Yeah, yeah mm-hmm. the 85 team. Yeah, <laughs> that was against the Patriots. I was like, wait a second. A, <laughs> <laughs> the wheels were turning in my head. And so that's that's an interesting thing. Yeah, that was I, like their only splash. I, yeah. could, I couldn't <laughs> tell you anything about that Patriots team, except no, wait, never mind. What I was about to say was really idiotic, and it wasn't true. So. Um, but that's an interesting just like head-to-head thing yeah. in football that Chicago has the edge in <laughs> head-to-head Super Bowls.
0: 1-0. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, very interesting. Um, I'm just trying to think if there's anything else I wanted to add. Bears were one of the first uh, football franchises i mean they were they are one of two remaining uh nfl franchises from the inception of it um 99 seasons that's a long time uh them them and the cardinals who also started off in chicago ironically enough um so
1: the bears also helped george hallis and the bears also helped save the green bay packers which is an interesting Ah. oh nice because of course like you know a a town like green bay doesn't you know when the nfl is in its time mm. growing a ton you know there were a, there were more small town teams kind of like green bay and of course those get just naturally it's like sports darwinism <laughs> just get like wiped off the map and you have the major cities around the country but um i I can't I wish I could tell you more details in on a different day. I probably could, but I know that George Hallis had a huge say in making sure the packers um were able to to stick around, so I think that's well good so they've <laughs> done a lot for football some yeah yeah, yeah yeah,
0: yeah definitely um all right let's carry on here let's go to let's go to baseball um I'm gonna move us along here. Let's start with Chicago because they have two teams, two franchises. Um, let's start with the White Sox. I will say before we get into this that uh, for the reputation that both these franchises have, uh, they're basically one and the same mm-hmm. uh, in terms of statistics. <laughs> I think when you think of Chicago baseball, wow. you think the Cubs, you do. and you're like, yes. wow, the White Sox suck. Um, but they both have three World Series titles. <laughs> um, both are under fifteen percent for making it to the playoffs in their franchise history. Both are a little over five hundred in the regular season. The White Sox have a better playoff record than the Cubs. Um, so you know it's just like interesting because they yeah. both. Been around. Let's see. White Sox have been around for 119 years, (laughs) and the Cubs have been around 144 years. (laughs) 144 (laughs) years. That's insane. 1876 was the first season that the Cubs played baseball. I mean, it's just that's something that I always just I think is so fun to think about. Just with the concept of sports in general of. What in the world, like, literally, what in the world was going on in 1876? That was literally
1: only a 100 years after, like, the Declaration of Independence.
0: And they were playing baseball. (laughs) Organized (laughs) league baseball, and this team was playing.
3: Yeah, the distance between then and now is the same as it was for the Declaration of Independence. (laughs) It was closer to the Declaration of (laughs) Independence. yeah. It's (laughs) like the
1: Cleopatra with the dinosaurs or whatever i don't remember what the comparison is but <laughs> all that's not say. dinosaurs yeah. i just botched it but <laughs> if anyone has the sliver of knowing what i'm talking about you know what i'm talking yeah, about so good
0: um,
3: <laughs> not i i'm not <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> woolly mammoths there we that's go. what they ah. are she
1: was around the same cleopatra was alive when there were woolly mammoths
3: i dig it which Whoa. is just weird yeah it seems weird. like it seems like really dino-
1: that's why I said dinosaur I was yeah. like oh prehistoric kind yeah. Of th- Jeez. But yeah, that's insane to me, especially in like American sports, yeah, like you see some soccer teams over in Europe that have that kind of you know age to it, but for America, that's like pretty
0: unprecedented yeah, it's unbelievable um but yeah, so all that being said, both franchises in Chicago pretty similar they've been around forever both have three World Series titles um the White Sox in 1906 1917 and 2005 and then the Cubs in 1907 1908 and 2016 so they both had like almost a hundred year gap in between their World Series wins um the Cubs have twenty playoff appearances as opposed to nine for the White Sox, but I mean, both of those in over a hundred years, neither are, are too impressive. But that being said, though, I I think the Cubs still kind of have that kind of mythos to mm-hmm. them, um, yeah. and their stadium is, uh, uh, you know, I think plays right. a huge part in that. Um, but even just outside of that, with I think we talked about this, I think with the Dodgers in our first episode, Hunter, which is like when you see their jerseys, when you see their uniforms, it's just like baseball. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? It like kind the of Cubs, personifies it just has it, like,
1: and you think of like, yeah, where they play. and
0: With that, you know, the Ivy in the outfield. Yeah. It's just so legendary.
1: And I did want to say this. The only, and this is kind of off topic because I'm talking about the White Sox, the only thing I think of when I think of the White Sox is Michael Jordan playing for the White Sox.
0: <laughs> Not even playing for the White Sox, <laughs> playing for the Chicago Barons. That's right. It wasn't <laughs> their even minor the whi- league that's team. That's right. That's
1: the <laughs> image that always comes to mind when I think of the White Sox. So we can just like start and end that. There yeah. With yeah. the White Sox. I mean, yeah. We can talk about them more, but. Um, the the fact that when it comes to the White Sox, I think of Michael Jordan. <laughs> well, I
0: think a lot of people either they think of that, and specifically the scene from Space Jam. Uh, that's right. I think that's what I'm thinking. Where of. the cat? Do you remember that? It's funny when you go back and watch. It's that. It's such a bad movie. That well, outside of that, <laughs> but that specific scene of like, if you take it like as like real, yeah. you know, of like. It's this minor league baseball game. Michael Jordan's up to bat. And the catcher is literally tipping off Michael to every pitch that comes. And he's like, curveball, don't swing. And then Michael's like, what? And then he swings at it. He's like, I told you not to swing, man. And then, like, he literally tells him every single pitch that's coming. And the best thing about it is that Michael Jordan still strikes out. Like, they had, like he had enough self-awareness to be like, yeah, I kind of sucked at baseball. Like, I'll take the L on this one. Yeah. <laughs> Kind of
1: just sums up the White Sox in
0: a (laughs) – Absolutely. Well, I was going to say, so either they think of that or they think of the Black Sox, which is when their team infamously threw the World Series because they got paid off in the early 1900s. Oh, wow. um, With Shoeless Joe Jackson. Um, But, yeah, so back to kind of like the Cubs of just, you know, this team that really when you look at them, subpar team. Uh, Mm. To say the
1: least, I mean, to be around for 144 (laughs) years and only have three World Series titles, that's horrible. Yeah. Like, that is really bad.
0: Yeah. Only 20 playoff appearances that whole time.
1: Yeah, that's insane. Like, it would suck to be a Chicago Cubs fan.
0: Yeah. I mean, they've had some. (laughs) I mean, they obviously infamously had that uh, 108 years without going to the World Series. Mm -hmm. Um, And they had some, like, glimmers of hope sprinkled throughout there um, where they had, I don't I don't remember his name, but I actually just read this fact today that back in, I think it was the 70s or the 80s, they had a player on their team who's the only person in MLB history to win MVP for the worst team in the MLB. Hmm. So they, they finished dead last in the <laughs> league, but he won MVP. Um, and then obviously <laughs> they had the years of Sammy Sosa right. uh, where he was – Crushing it, uh, but you know uh, so I thought of i th- I thought of this joke that I wanted to make about the cubs, but I think it's a little too niche and specific that if I just tried to throw it in casual conversation, people wouldn't get it, but I'm gonna like try me
1: with it. Ke- Cleopatra and the dinosaur <laughs> I'm gonna
0: try it anyway, see if you guys understand the joke slash reference, so I was gonna say. You know, they have this guy who won MVP for the worst team. They had Sammy Sosa. A couple of years after Sammy Sosa left the team, they had uh, Henry Rowengartner, who was their star pitcher for a season, but then had to retire.
3: No, I don't no. get that. no. See, that's <laughs> why I guy. thought <laughs> <laughs> the infamous,
0: uh, the movie Rookie of the Year, where the kid has elbow surgery, and then he's like 13 years old, and he pitches in the majors for so you
1: can say it's the like mike of the mlb except <laughs> it's
0: not magic it's he breaks his elbow and has surgery and it makes it like a freaking like a robo arm have you guys not seen this movie? i think i have seen i it don't th- i
1: legitimately don't think i've ever seen that oh movie.
0: it's like so i love that movie uh the uh what's his name the one of the robbers from home alone um <laughs> harry no marv the tall guy. <laughs> he plays the first base coach. And he... <laughs> there's this scene where he's, like, doing, like, the uh, signs. Yeah. And it looks like he's, like... <laughs> he's, like, doing these signs. And then he all of a sudden starts, like, swatting at this bee. And, like, starts, like, having, like, this breakdown. And the kids like, what is he doing? And he's like, he's giving you the signs, like read it. And like that, like fit was like one of the signs that he was supposed to be reading. <laughs> Just like so ridiculous. It's that's like a classic so... like Disney kids movie. Right. It's so dumb. Anyway, all that to say, uh, there was a movie about a kid who played for the Cubs, and I was going to make a joke <laughs> oh, of him being so... one of their bright spots. He oh, played for the Cubs. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. So that was the thing. I,
1: That's why I've never heard of that player before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I would have been like fictional. Y- yeah, yeah. I would Not have been, real. If you had just continued on talking, I would have been like, "Yeah, he was good." That's. why <laughs> I had that same thought. <laughs> I would have just like, "Oh ten. yeah, Tommy John's." I'm like, <laughs>
3: criminally a, underrated. A classic. Huh?
0: <laughs> yeah, um, but I mean, I don't know. I, I feel like I just don't have a ton more to add for Chicago baseball. Like, other than the fact that I will say both of those teams still in. Tri- you know, classic Chicago form do great in terms of attendance. Uh, yeah. even when their teams are terrible. I mean, obviously the Cubs have had a lot more success recently. Right. Um, but you know, they're like, they're still selling out their stadiums, which I think is important to note that even though the team might not be producing, the fans are still showing up. To yeah. Watch.
1: And and that's, that's the point I made earlier is, you can look across pretty much almost all of these Chicago teams and say kind of regardless of circumstance that the, the fans turn up, and that's big. Um, White Sox got Michael Jordan. Pretty sure Barack Obama supports the Yep, White he's Sox. a
0: White Sox fan, so yeah. is Chance the Rapper. Really? Yeah, because he's from the north side. That makes sense. Yeah, because you're saying that's the only reason I'm a White Sox fan is because they're the team that plays on the north side, and I'm from north. and. Uh, the Cubs are the South Side team, so yeah, <laughs> simple enough. Um, yeah, so again, then moving on over to Boston, uh, where you have the Red Sox, who little, little bit more success. Um, but again, similar. Well, not quite as similar to the Patriots, where it's kind of backloaded, but you know. They've had, they've found more recent success in recent years. Mm -hmm. They've, I said recent success. They've found success (laughs) in more recent years, but they did have success before that. Um, so nine World Series titles, um, spanning across, you know, 1903, 1912, 1915, 1916, 1918, the infamous 86 years, Mm. and then 2004, 2007, 2013, and 2018. Um, they're the first MLB team with four titles in the 21st century. Um, so they, you know, I think in that regard, some would consider them the best MLB franchise of the 21st century. Mm-hmm. Um, they won the first ever World Series beating the Pittsburgh Pirates, which is just cool. Um, those nine World Series titles are the third most in the MLB behind the Cardinals and the Yankees. Um so they've been around 118 years and they have 24 playoff appearances. So pretty on track with Chicago of been around for a really long time, not a ton of playoff appearances, but when they do make it into the playoffs, they really make it count. I mean, 9 out of 24 for playoffs and winning the World Series mm-hmm. not half bad. Um and they got a bunch of teams in the in the Elo top 250. Um, But a team that in general, you know, regular season record 52%, 54% in the playoffs, Uh, again, as we've kind of mentioned, or as I've kind of mentioned, recency recency bias gives them a huge advantage. But even when you just look at the whole, uh, you know, rap sheet, I think in general, they just have more sustained success, if you can call it that, over both the Chicago franchises.
1: Yeah, I'd, I'd agree. I think they're, it is funny. I do think it's that recency bias you were talking about. Um. It feels like they're just, like, a a, a big player in the game. Like, it just mm. feels that way. I think part of it is, is like, there is a certain legacy with them, mm. whether that sometimes that's, you know, good, or for a long time it was, like, you know, they were dying to win something yeah, know, dying to win a World Series. But, um, I mean, in comparison to Chicago, that has two teams that are like, what combined have less than, <laughs> or equal? Wait, <laughs> how many does uh, Boston have? How many titles? Nine, nine, so yeah, less. yeah, less than two Chicago teams combined. I think. I mean, that speaks for itself. Yeah,
3: yeah. I think it's interesting that that in my mind, in terms of how how the franchises. Stand, uh, the Cubs and the Red Sox just have really similar, like mythology. Mm-hmm. Um, they just both have such a, a long history. Both play in iconic stadiums. Yep. Um, both had a long drought. Yep. Um, and both like represent the city. I mean, w- the Cubs, for for example, obviously doing it in the f- in spite of the fact that there's another franchise in Chicago. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um. Yeah, so I it's I just think that's interesting. I never would have thought of that unless we had this episode of Sports Talk with Swag with comparing the two. Uh, they just have really similar trajectories.
1: Yeah, and I think um, I had that same exact thought. I didn't want to bring up that up again, me personally, because I feel like I brought it up every time. So I'm <laughs> glad you did that, Brandon, so I could talk about this because I did have this thought: was it feels like those or the Red Sox and the Cubs are kind of just like just below the echelon that the new york yankees are Mm, mm -hmm. like you like i mean you can go all around the world and see new york yankees hats and it's it's more than like a a, like a baseball team even though there's their brand yeah and it's even beyond that it's like it's something that i'm sure people like overseas just like recognize
0: yeah and like they
1: they might not even be able to tell you like what it even is but it's just iconic they're not you know Red Sox and Cubs aren't quite at that level, but it feels like they are just a notch below. Yeah, where definitely. there is that, like you said, there is that lore that comes with it. That's like this feels very baseball. Yeah, um, <laughs> you know, there's plenty of teams where it's like that doesn't feel very baseball. <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> and um, that is something that both of both the Red Sox and the Cubs both have.
0: Yeah, I think we looked it up. In the Pittsburgh episode, that Fenway Park is the oldest,
3: yes, park. It's original. They've just expanded it. Yeah, yeah, which is crazy.
1: You know what's interesting, and this is, uh, this is another Hunter injecting his um his own sports teams into this conversation. (laughs) But Fenway Sports Group own Liverpool FC. Oh yeah, and um, they've done similar renovations to Liverpool Stadium that's called Anfield, Mm. and that's like it's their original stadium. And they've done similar. They were praised, really, for being able to do kind of like what they did um, in Boston and be able to do that in Liverpool and, like, keep the integrity of the place but also make it a world-class venue. Mm, And so it's the fact that they've been able to do that twice. And that's the same um, sports group that was able to come in and give uh, the Red Sox their first world series in forever Mm -hmm. and they're kind of doing the same thing with liverpool too so i think that's kind of something that's not i think they're thin lines drawn toward it but i think i mean when it's the margins are this close if you talk about ownerships of some teams then fenway sports group have like a history of being able to come like they just have a winning history and also keeping the integrity of like a certain place i just think that's an interesting Mm. sidebar to the whole thing yeah yeah
0: yeah i think one thing i was actually thinking about earlier today when i was kind of just thinking about uh this episode with specifically with the red Sox, is they've done a great job well yeah except for one infamous blunder, but they've done a great job in kind of the management of their team and their players specifically of kind of knowing when's the right time to, to go big and give a max contract. And when's the time mm-hmm. to let people walk away or to trade people? Um, obviously I say the one infamous blunder being Babe Ruth and selling him <laughs> to the Yankees. Um, <laughs> yeah. But outside of that, like, I guess, you know, I can only talk recently cause that's what I know, but um I just even think back to like that, like that O four and that O seven team that had like you know like Manny Ramirez mm-hmm. and Johnny Damon and like Jacoby Ellsbury, Dustin Pedroia, David Ortiz. Yep. Like I remember, I think it was after O seven. They, <laughs> jeez, um, <laughs> these freaking phone alerts on my computer are the worst. Um, so. The <laughs> I had to get rid of it. I didn't want it to come up again. Um, after that, I think it was 07, the Red Sox, uh, I can't remember if they traded or if they let Johnny Damon walk. And that was when he was like huge yeah, for that team. And he was yeah. a huge part of that win, uh, that World Series title. And he went to the Yankees. Um, yeah. And he played well for them, but he didn't do a whole lot for them. And so I think that was something that at the time people were like, this is Johnny Damon. Like he is Red Sox baseball. Like why are you letting him go? Um, Mm -hmm. and you know, it was the right time. And same with like Jacoby Ellsbury where he was at the time when he was on the Red Sox, like one of the fastest players, uh, he was a great fielder in center field. They let him walk or either traded him again. I don't remember Went to the Yankees, uh, and didn't do anything for them and he actually ended up being injured for most of his time with the Yankees so again just like the timing of like knowing and then like when you look at someone like David Ortiz with like I think as he got older people are like oh I don't know like he's getting kind of old maybe we should let him go but they held on to him and he kept producing until like mm-hmm. the day he retired mm-hmm. um so just a, a franchise that kind of knows the right time of when it is to, to re-sign guys and to trade him or to let him walk or whatever. Um, and I think that's relevant because there's a lot of talk now about what's going to happen with Mookie Betts for the Red Sox, who just recently won the uh, MVP in the past couple of years for them, uh, and was huge reason for their world series win a couple of years ago. Um, and there's rumors that they, uh, are gonna again either trade him or you know not re-sign him, and a lot of Red Sox fans are up in arms about that. Uh, and obviously, being not a Red Sox fan, I don't really care. <laughs> um, but at the end of the day, like I've I've kind of got this mindset now of like well, I kind of trust whatever they're gonna do because you know if history says anything, they, they know how to handle this. So I'm just curious to see how that whole situation plays out.
3: Interesting, well, didn't they fire their director of baseball operations this year?
0: I, that sounds right. Um, I mean, going from sweeping the world series to not even making the playoffs the next year's right. Right. <laughs> Bad. Yeah. A bit of a drop off. Um, and I know the fans were pretty, yeah. I did, uh,
3: confirm that, uh, Wrigley field actually only missed Fenway by two years. Fenway opened in 1912 wow. and Wrigley opened in 1914. Jeez.
1: They're so, they're so iconic sometimes. Obviously I know the difference between the two but sometimes like when I'm talking about one or the other I've like accidentally said yeah like when the wrong gonna... one yeah and just because like what what they both represent is so mm, similar right. and how cool it is that those things yeah. are still preserved sure throughout time
0: yeah <laughs> well cool let's move on to hockey hockey. Um, hockey we'll start with the bruins um the bruins the bees baby that's bees my, my best attempt at a Boston accent I'm not as as talented because I don't <laughs> it's not bad it's not bad Um, so Bruins oldest US franchise in the NHL uh, they're the third oldest NHL franchise of all time Uh, six Stanley Cups to their name so I believe that's in the top five I'm not positive on that but um 71 playoff appearances in 94 years so that's 76 percent of the time they've made the playoffs um 57 percent win percentage in the regular season uh pretty much dead even 50 percent in the playoffs 51 hall of famers which is not the most but it's up there it's it's a lot good bit yeah um and then 69 winning seasons and only 25 losing seasons so uh it's funny, when you look at these numbers, they're almost exactly the same they are. Uh, as the Celtics, where it's just like, you know, they have a lot of championships, they make the playoffs a vast majority of the time, and almost all of their seasons have been winning seasons. Um, the Bruins, I think... Mm,
1: you another sports movie related No, movie. I wish <laughs> you know, I wish I did. Forget. I almost started laughing cuz you wish. made the same face <laughs> and you were like, should I say it? I wish I did.
0: Um <laughs> no, but I'm trying to think if I'd say they're the second or third best US franchise in the NHL cuz I think obviously you had the Detroit Red Wings at number 1. Yep. Um and it's it's between the Bruins and the Blackhawks. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. um you know it's, it's a good matchup that we have here. But well, if so. you
3: fire on over to the Blackhawks, I mean, as go for as you were reading off those stats, yeah, the Blackhawks is almost the same. Yep, like original six team, ninety six seasons, six Stanley Cups. Yep, <laughs> like sixty seven
0: percent playoff appearance. Yeah, as opposed to 76, seventy six. Yeah, but, you know, Just put
3: the numbers around you. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> like a fifty percent winning percentage. Like it, it's all really
0: similar. Yeah. Yeah. It's tough. It's really I mean, hard
1: to decide. When I first, when I thought about the matchup between the two cities, that was definitely the one where I was like.
3: It's the closest call. I mean, and you yeah. talk legacy, too. I mean, it, it, as this, these are two good cities to be comparing in terms of impact and legacy, especially to the mm-hmm. towns they represent. Because, I mean, the Blackhawks are, you know, they have a similar impact. The Blackhawks in the sure. city of Chicago. Oh, yeah. As the Bruins do in Boston. And, uh. It's they 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 represent they pull, man. They both pull (laughs) they pull.
0: pull. Well, and like I said earlier, the Blackhawks, similar to the Bulls, number one in attendance almost every single year. Mm -hmm. They're just selling that place out. Um I mean they've had more to be excited for recently than the Bulls have, but um you know, having won three Stanley Cups since twenty ten, um which I believe is the most uh you know since 2010 (laughs) uh but you know even if you look at since the beginning of the century i'm trying to think of who would have more i mean maybe the penguins Mm -hmm. but i mean you know they have been you know blackhawks have been uh just dominant you know like their entire existence really i mean you know even their championships span, you know, across most of their existence. Um, similarly to to the Bruins, um, you know, they they each have a little, you know, twenty thirty year gap in the middle there. But I mean, it's right. it's really tough.
3: <laughs> yeah, and it might be more of a recency bias too, because I think the Blackhawks, like you mentioned, have had more sustained success over the past ten, 20 years. Sure. There's, but and who knows how that? It's hard to compare that over that big long stretch, mm. um, of the the whole spans of each of these franchises, which is ninety some seasons. Yeah, but it's yeah, it's very comparable,
0: and unless we forget that the the Bruins did just play in the Stanley Cup, uh, finals last year, That's unfortunately right. lost to the Blues, but um, you know the Blues. <laughs> the blues. But you know, still made it to the Stanley Cup, which yes. is is worth
3: noting. And it's also that the Blackhawks have had a couple stinker years. True. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes. Um,
1: Feels very uncharacteristic. Yeah. Yeah.
3: Yeah. Um, and maybe that's the maybe that's to their advantage is that these bad years just don't feel like the Blackhawks. You know? Yeah. Like that's yeah. Because they're so good. Yeah. Well, and
0: and then and I think the thing with hockey too is. <clears throat> I think similarly to basketball where one good draft pick can turn a franchise around. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause I mean, you just yep. think of even just like, especially with what we've been able to live through in our lifetimes of, I think the two biggest ones would be Sidney Crosby and Alex Ovechkin. Yes. Uh-huh. Who both have led both of those franchises to ridiculous new heights. Uh-huh. Um, and, you know, who who knows? Maybe that could be in store for the Blackhawks if they get a decent draft pick. You know. Um, yeah,
3: I mean, you're even seeing that too play out in certain ways now. i one. I thought it was Connor McDavid mm. got uh, recently picked up and th- plays for the Oilers. Mm. And uh, I'm trying to think. There's one other that I can't place right now. But but yeah, I mean, who knows? Those 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 players are still being drafted and still making impacts in the league. So. Yeah, yeah.
1: Those I when I think of the Blackhawks too. I think of like, it's not in the, it's not in the way that like let's say the Dallas Cowboys, like it's just like can everyone shut up like I wish they'd just be terrible kind of thing yeah like someone like the Black Hawks, Hawks are like, you almost kind of want them to be good again because yeah. that is their identity mm. it's like it feels weird yeah it's like I guess the Predators are it now <laughs> right. you know like yeah. um. You know, and so I get, that's another just subjective thing. But I think sure. probably a lot of people maybe feel like that, where it's like it almost feels like you're putting your right foot in your left shoe. With like, <laughs> oh, the Blackhawks are
0: they're not good, not good. <laughs> yeah. yeah,
1: it's it's just a weird
0: feels weird, man. Feeling. Yeah. yeah, for sure. I couldn't tell if you were going to say anything. No, I wasn't. Okay, he had the mic up to his mouth. That's why I was. Yeah, sure. no. I wasn't gonna say anything. That's fine. Just prepared for when you do. Um,
3: <laughs> do you have a joke?
1: Yeah, a hockey it's, related it's joke,
3: like uh, when uh the animated Mighty Ducks. Yeah, yeah, that's that's there. the only route you could go down. is yep. Mighty Ducks. Yeah. This, that's the only one. Very nice. relevant. Um, the animated one though. The oh, seri- not live the action. Series. Not oh. the, one, no. the, the series, Ooh. the Disney Channel series. Good Spin-off. shout.
0: That's <laughs> available on Disney Plus. Ooh, let's, probably, hope, it let's seems like every. Not. Let's hope not. <laughs> if you
1: can watch even Stevens on there, you can probably watch the animated Mighty <laughs> Ducks.
0: We'll see. Um, man, I don't know. This is really tough. <laughs> I mean, I know we don't have to technically declare a winner here between these two franchises, which maybe I won't. Maybe I'll just call I might call I it a I think this tie is a tie. Or, call yeah. it a draw. Let's call In it a draw. In good hockey then. fashion, you know? Hockey. In
3: pre-shootout. Hockey yeah. fashion. Yeah. Back
0: when there used to be ties. The good old days. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm fine with that because that's just too close. Um let's quickly finish up here. Uh we have some MLS to get through. Um I just want
3: to repeat, I said this on previous episodes, but now that Hunter's in the room, I will not support the revolution until they get a new logo.
1: It's so bad. I was gonna say, <laughs> thoughts? <laughs> Uh, I feel like we've talked about We talked this. about how, like, the Bulls logo is, like, <laughs> iconic of, uh-huh. like, their success. Uh-huh. I think, like, the New England Revolution, uh, their logo's pretty – Uh, represents the way they play pretty well, which is to say <laughs> – terrible. Yeah.
0: Do uh, you think their brand just needs an overhaul?
1: I think – well, so this is – I guess I'll do kind of the talking with, with both the MLS teams. Here's what sure. you need to know. It's probably a, a tie between the two yeah. and not in a good way yeah. like we yeah. talked about with the hockey teams. Yeah. I think both of them are a product of um, them being like removed from the city, I think is a big mm. thing. Like the Revolution play at Gillette Stadium. At Gillette, yeah.
3: In Foxborough.
1: Foxborough. And it's like, yeah, if you have Tom Brady and the New England Patriots like of course people are going to flock out there mm. it's not in Bo- it's like not boston sure in yeah. fact yeah. i've which looked it up often... before I've, I've never been northeast but i've i've seen before like i've looked it up on google maps that it's actually closer to providence rhode island than it is <laughs> boston
3: which of course you, shout out rhode island shout out to the old rhode island yeah.
1: shout shout out but like and it's the same with chicago a big problem with them is their team is like located in the suburbs outside and there's, there's not there's not easy access um like with like the rail system and stuff to mm. get there it's, yeah it's yeah. a hassle to get there <laughs> and obviously that's the same with foxborough you, you know it's like you, you have gonna, to drive and you're gonna fit. have to drive and also having a multi-purpose stadium soccer is never good on artificial grass but yeah. Um. I think I could see. I mean, we've talked about like these fan bases and stuff in the way that mos is growing. I could see if you know either like one or both of these teams, if they moved, like if if New England moved into like into the greater actual greater Boston area and somewhere that's easy access to as well as. Chicago, um, which I think there's been more talks about doing that. Yeah,
3: I know Chicago, I think, might be on a track for it. Yeah, and Mm. I
1: think that'd be good for them. I think, I Mm. mean, you know, it's um, soccer in America is growing, but not to the point where people are going to drive an hour and a half to to get there. To see a mediocre uh, product as well. Right, a bad product too. Well, I even think even if the revolution were like really good, I just don't think people are going to go out. Of their way mm-hmm. that far, I think you've seen a lot of success in MLS recently of teams building. Like obviously, you don't have to have mega like sixty to eighty thousand seat stadiums. Like, right. I I think of a a team like um like Minnesota mm-hmm. and they have an awesome stadium up in I think it's technically St. Paul but the Twin Cities and it's not huge but it's like people have access to it and it's it's like a state of the art facility yeah. and like the architect that did their stadium has done some of the biggest stadiums in Europe mm-hmm. and um i think you see it too with the new LAFC i mean there's there's huge mls growth and you would just think like you, there's huge mls growth in like a city like cincinnati was just added to Really? The mls and they have a huge fan base. Same with Sacramento was just huh. um announced i think they're i don't think they're joining next season i think it might be a a couple seasons i could be wrong on that Mm. but like you're seeing these quote-unquote smaller market cities yeah that have these big fan bases so i think a place like like boston or even if you wanted to make a really bold move and move to like providence rhode island or something (laughs) it'd be something cool you could still call it new england in Chicago, if you move it closer into the city where you can get there through trains and public public transportation, yeah, I think there's a lot of a lot of room for for growth. But in turn, it as it stands now, both of these teams, you know, yeah, they don't cover their, themselves in glory, yeah, at all,
3: right? At well, Greve. and it's yeah, and I have, uh, our buddy boss works for the fire, um, and I think there's. <laughs> talking about brands there's talk of a full rebrand yeah for the firing new name and everything they could use i mean they're uh, literally named after a tragedy right yeah, yeah <laughs> which is also uh, like yeah. that whole connection in chicago just kind of baffles me a little bit <laughs> <laughs> there's they're not the only ones like, like a lot lots of, of a people lot of died te- i know a lot of like teams and sports teams and references to that like the great chicago fire well weird. yeah and
1: it's like this, uh, there's an mls team san jose earthquake yeah it's like, which i guess uh, is like oh it's kind of our geography but it's like yeah lots of people died have yep. died from earthquakes right yeah northern california right
3: yeah. yeah but uh so yeah i mean the, the it's it's the both these teams i think sh- struggle from a. Um, yeah, like a systemic structural issue. Um, the, like I kind of mentioned in the last podcast, New England, while was really involved in the formation of the MLS and was mm-hmm. really strategic, yeah. the Kraft family helped the league as a whole get yes. off the ground, but then hasn't really been involved. Like hasn't really been, and they're just like, ah, just play at Gillette. You know, yeah. that's kind of the <laughs> thought. is like, well, we already have that. We're really focusing on the Pats and they, they haven't been, act- there's no active ownership there doesn't mm. seem to be a ton of care. I think they're the only team that hasn't changed their logo. Like that's yeah. we talk a lot about logos but like the MLS to. is growing and it's changing right. and it's it's new and it's fluid and yeah. like uh David Beckham's new Miami team has just some of the best branding I've ever yeah, seen from a, a sports fresh. team. Yeah. And uh like the whole the whole like when MLS changed their logo, like the the whole brand has been elevated mm. and New England, for whatever reason, like they're stuck in the past. just isn't. They're not innovating. Yeah. They're not elevating. And uh, I'm hopeful. I was like, hopeful when Bruce Arenas got brought in as their coach and they had a nice run there, but it was too little too late for this season. But potentially, I'm ho- hopefully, maybe they're like an improvement in the on field product will enhance some of those other avenues. But um, mm. yeah, it's just something that you'd like to see. And it, it is, again, an interesting, the, both of these markets have a similar are in a similar spot with the, with their soccer franchise. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah, And it's interesting. That's a, that's a great point. It's like, I think Chicago is the same way too. They were kind of early adopters of MLS, but it was such like the wild West. that It felt like (laughs) no one knew what to do. Like no one knew what to do to be successful Mm. (laughs) at all. So they were, yeah, sure. You know, they're like, Oh, let's for the Chicago. I'm assuming the, the thinking was, Oh, we'll buy land for a stadium where it's cheaper yeah yeah and like of course that like makes logical sense for a startup too especially exactly the time but i think i think and you see chicago's like hopefully taking steps in that direction i think i think obviously both of these cities have really good like fans and support and i think as soccer is growing in america i mean you see places like atlanta uh United FC and they're just their fan base is massive <laughs> and it they just like kind of appeared out of nowhere. Yeah, where really, they come yeah. from. And it's like this city was somehow like didn't even know it, but they were desperate. They were a soccer town. For that, yeah. yeah. And it's like sometimes you just <laughs> don't even know it. until it's there. Yeah. And they played at like Bobby Dodd Stadium. Um and then now they play in the uh Mercedes Benz. Yeah stadium uh in atlanta and i think they have
0: they're selling that thing out aren't they? they're they're yep.
1: selling it out yeah <laughs> they uh i Bad think last, the last falcons yeah well i think the their attendance in all global soccer like we're including real madrid barcelona manchester united liverpool Bayern munich the big players i think they have like the they're in the top five like Jeez. most attendance. Wow. in a season. <laughs> so, and and there's places like like Cincinnati, I think pretty much got rewarded. They were a USL team, which is Oh, okay. the division below, but they were filling up I don't remember what stadium it was. I think it was the Cincinnati Football Stadium or the for the colleges Cincinnati. Oh, University of, yeah. Um and they were like filling it up like it was like 60 or 70,000 people. Wow. Jeez. And, and so I think I think there's a lot of people that I mean America's always been skeptical of it, which is fine like you don't have to like it. Just like you don't have to like it. You know, Anything. some people don't like hockey, some people don't like basketball. I don't know, you know, and yeah. um but I think there's a if you give people like like easy access to it and tickets are pretty cheap and it's a good experience and a great environment. Mm. I think like I think Atlanta's a great example of like all of a sudden it's like, "Oh my gosh, this is we love this." Yeah. Um and you know, a team like like Beckham's Miami like won't have a problem because obviously <laughs> there's a huge Hispanic population down in Miami and that loves, you know, soccer to begin with. But um yeah, I think both of them could use some rejuvenation mm-hmm. i think it i honestly do think it could go a long way yeah um i think toronto fc kind of recently did something similar to that or at least in put in the money to getting some good players mm. and they've got a great fan base of uh, seattle and portland have always both had yeah really really good fan bases so and even like LAFC there was already right. um a team in Los Angeles the LA Galaxy, Galaxy who were like you know historically in MLS's short history one of the best teams <laughs> and all of a sudden like there's a lot of there's more hype around LAFC than there are the LA Chargers yep. yeah <laughs> oh, like yeah. the LA Chargers can't fill up their st- the stub hub center it's not or the stub up center technically anymore but yeah, it, it what what was used to be called the StubHub Center, yeah. and uh, LAFC is you know packing their place out. So, I th- I think uh, I don't have any numbers to back it up other than a hunch, but I think both <laughs> of the uh, they're both prime markets, and there's right. got to be enough people in both of those places that if you gave it a a nice little stadium and access through the sub, you know, have a subway station nearby or something similar bus route that goes out bus routes that go out there. Yeah. I think, I think it could go a long way, but for now they're both kind of don't cover themselves in glory to say the least.
0: Yeah. Mm. Well said. Um. All right. We have just a couple more franchises to go through real quick here that don't, we can't compare any of them because they're all different. Um. Chicago has a WNBA team currently uh, the, the sky, Chicago sky, uh, not much really to go over here. They don't have any championships. Um, they have four winning seasons and 10 losing seasons. Um, they played in the 2014 finals and that's, that's the pinnacle of their franchise. I mean, they've only been around since 2005. Um, so they had Elena Deladon for a couple of years and then she wanted out even and that. then she won a championship for the Mystics mm-hmm. this year. So, <laughs> um, tough look for the sky there. Oh, um, yeah. but you know, can't win them all.
3: It's a st- strong look for Elena. Deledon. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> Take them
0: to back to back, uh, finals and then win them their first championship and win MVP. Um, <laughs> yeah. And then also in Chicago, Like I mentioned a little bit earlier, we had the Cardinals who used to play there before they moved to somewhere before they eventually moved to Arizona. I don't know. The Cardinals franchise has just been everywhere. (laughs) Um, But they started in Chicago, and they were there for 40 seasons from 1920 to 59. Uh, They won two championships while they were there, but those were also their only two playoff appearances uh, in 40 years. Uh, 37% win percentage in the regular season uh so like a team that like literally just didn't do anything other than those two championships that they won <laughs> <laughs> um yeah there's not really much else to cover for them um and then over in Boston uh they had an MLB franchise the Braves who played there for 76 years um from 1876 to 1952 and again like these other ones not a whole lot to cover they have one world series um 10 playoff appearances in 76 years um and that's that's really basically all that there is to talk about those franchises um yep. old franchises that moved out uh you know cuz not much was going on and so we don't have anything really to talk about for them yep. um but so just some some total statistics here real quick before we give our final thoughts and wrap up here um For the city of Boston, in total, they have 38 championships, an overall regular season win percentage of 53%, um, 103 Hall of Famers, 63% of all seasons have been winning seasons, 45% of all their seasons have gone into the playoffs, and they have a combined win percentage of 55% in the playoffs. And in Chicago, they have a total of thirty championships uh fifty one percent of all seasons were winning percent were winning seasons. uh thirty percent of their seasons went into the playoffs. They have a combined regular season win percentage of forty nine percent and forty eight percent in the playoffs and they have one hundred Hall of famers um, So you know you talk about we talked about the Patriots and how fans who are kind of, you know, our age have been pretty spoiled to watch them pretty much exclusively win. Um and when you look at Boston as a whole, you kind of get that general feel and that sense just for Boston sports fans in general. Uh when you look at 63% of any season of every season of every sport that's been played in in Boston has been a winning season, mm. so majority of the time they've won in the regular season forty five percent of the seasons have gone into the playoffs so every so you know that's almost half of the time at least you know like one of the teams is making it into the playoffs mm-hmm. um and then they're winning majority of the time in playoffs at fifty five percent so uh a city that you know has legendary franchises that are consistently making to the playoffs and consistently performing and achieving in the playoffs. Um, And then, you know, Chicago is right there with them, you know, you know, a little over 50% of the seasons have been winning, but they are under the 50% mark for the regular season uh, and seasons going into the playoffs. So, you know, like we've mentioned, kind of going into final thoughts here two legendary sports cities that have a lot of mystique surrounding most of their franchises, um, you know, legendary athletes to go through both of these cities, um, fans that are really passionate about their teams and always show up and are consistently, you know, selling out and filling up their stadiums and arenas. Um and, cities that have you know the numbers to prove that they deserve to be in this championship matchup um so you know i'll, I'll kind of leave it at that for my final thoughts but i don't know if you guys have any last things you wanted to kind of say
3: yeah i think it's interesting what you're saying about the the, the sustained success even in terms of if we're just talking about 45 percent of the time or even in the case of chicago's what was what 30 percent of the time we're making the playoffs yep um, like we're we're where we're at close to the two closest sports markets, major sports markets probably Charlotte and D.C. Mm-hmm. And uh, that there hasn't been the same level of sustained success in those markets. They're not in the final in the sports swag bracket. That's right. Like um, and as much as the mayor of D.C. tries to proclaim D.C. <laughs> as title town, oh um, <laughs> big yikes. Um, big yikes. Not <laughs> big a good boos. look. Um, but it's where I'm I'm there's not that that definitely adds to it it adds to sure. the the connection that you have when there's success when there's uh over a 50% win rate like yeah or and you have uh, no one's counting on the sustained success of the hornets or <laughs> bobcats or uh panthers or redskins or even to be frank the nationals or the capitals sure. like right. they they've had some great years recently uh, or the wizards. Like yeah. we're not having these same types of conversations. We're just yeah. not. Yeah. And so it's it, that the fact that th- I think that is a big part of what makes a sports city great. Yeah. Yeah. If the teams are good. Right. Yeah. You yeah. know? Yeah. And like we're talking a lot about these stats, but that popped in my head is like we have we're so close to these markets that I am frustrated that we get the, the feeds from. Yeah. Yeah. You know, oh, yeah. because yeah. because there isn't any of that sustained success and, and the connections sure. have to come from some from deeper places that is also why we love sports but yeah. um that's part of what makes these great sports cities so great mm. is that there is excellence associated with there's su- there's they succeed in the sports that they're a part of and like yeah. this, i think the, the towns that made it at least have representation in that way mm. that's why we're not talking about uh Cincinnati and why we're not talking about um phoenix yeah. like mm-hmm. it's the great towns with not to say these those teams haven't had their their bouts in their times with greatness, but like sure. the sustained level, I think is really interesting. That's represented well in both of these final cities. Mm.
1: Well, yeah. And that's what makes it like a sports town in general. I and you talked about the location compared to we are where we are here in, in Richmond, but like in, you mentioned the two examples being DC and Charlotte is i don't associate those with sports yeah i just yeah. don't like yeah they're both cool cities yeah and like that's what i like charlotte when i think of charlotte i'm like oh that's a, that's a cool city right that's yeah. what i think of i don't think of you know, like sports really. right yeah oh, and dc too it's like you know it's i just don't think of sports when i think of dc i think yeah. of other things there's other things that make the government government. (laughs) but um there's things that make both of those cities cool and great cities but they're just not sports cities and so sure i like to that point you mentioned brandon like like to be a sports city there has to be that sustained excellence in and drive and i think it's like positive feedback loop of like success from teams and then like really passionate fans. And it's like a, it's always they're working together to form like a bigger, like sports city. And that's why like, for example, Los Angeles has plenty of great teams. Like you think of the Lakers and, and some of the, some of the other teams and, um, you know, you just don't think of L.A. when you think of L.A. even it's, it's yeah, you not you really don't think of, don't sports, think of sports except unless you're a huge Lakers fan. Right. Which is fair. And um, you think of a place like Seattle, let's say, that has like super passionate and amazing fans. Right. But like they just don't have that history of like sustained success with right. their sports teams. And so I think what I I think it's cool that we feel like we can boil down like a sports city. It takes both the fans and and the teams working together to yeah make it what it is.
0: Absolutely, um, yeah. I mean, it really you know this matchup is truly like the best of the best mm-hmm. going at it. You know, um, any kind of slight against either of these cities that we had, you know, in comparison to other cities most of these franchises still, uh, you know, a step or two above the rest um, for pretty much every sport, really. Um, And, you know, just, yeah, I mean, I I think you guys really covered it. You know, just passionate fans that really care about their their teams and teams that really kind of define – these cities that also I think a lot of them kind of embody like the spirit of their Mm -hmm, cities mm -hmm. um you know I just remember especially after like the Boston Marathon uh bombings a a few years back um there was a Red Sox game uh like I think the day or two after that and David Ortiz gave a big speech before their game and Had the infamous line, which I won't repeat because it's explicit, but (laughs) you can look it up and it's pretty great. But um, just really.
1: This is our and ends with city. (laughs) That's right.
0: Yes, yes. That's the point that he got was that this is our city. Yeah. Um, and it was just like I. It was so powerful, and I like loved that speech, and like I felt it, you know. And I hate Boston sports because I'm a New York sports fan, but I still like really. Felt that, and I felt that he and like the Red Sox they just embody, you know, Boston. Um, and I think the same goes for all the teams in, in both of those cities. Um, so you know, they both fought hard and well. Um, but
3: now it's up for the sports talk with Swag Nation.
0: Yes, the time has come now where we will give our final votes, but. We're we're not the final say here, but I will start us off here and I will I will tick the box for Boston and give them the nod here, uh, because I think at the end of the day, when you think of the best football team of all time, the Patriots are one of the first team that comes to mind when you think of the best fo- uh, basketball team of all time, the Celtics are one of the first team that comes to mind. When you think of one of the best baseball teams of all time, (laughs) the Red Sox are one of the first team that comes to mind. When you think of the best hockey team of all time, the Bruins are one of the first (laughs) teams. You see what I'm getting at where it's just consistently they are, you know, in that top tier of, of sports teams for each of the four major leagues. Um, and that is unprecedented really, you know, there's really not any other city that can, that can say that, um, And you know they have the titles to back it up. They have the statistics to back it up. They have the longevity, the mystique, the fanhood, all that to back it up. And I think it's just it's almost overwhelming (laughs) where it's just it's too much to go up against and to argue against. Um, So that's very good. That's my vote.
3: With much love and respect to Chicago and all the other teams and and cities, and with reference to. A great love and connection to New England as a location. Mm. I also, I concur, and I cast my vote for Boston.
2: Mm.
1: Well, I guess it doesn't matter <laughs> what I say, really, because we've at least got a super majority. I think, um, I think there has to be something to be said about about Chicago, and I th- I feel like they and we've touched on this multiple times, I feel like there's a lot that we haven't been able to, like, witness sure, as sports fans. And Chicago, not only, in like, as a city itself, but with sports, has been so integral to, like, the growth of whatever it's been a part of. So, like, obviously Chicago in and of itself is just, like, an iconic city. Sure. And in the U.S. itself. But then also, like, I I don't think I think without Chicago sports aren't the same. Um we talked talked about like what they did with the Packers and then mm. we think about how how great some of these teams were in the product they they had like way back in the day when things were still forming and 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 before things were like as established as they are now and I think it's super important to to recognize that. Mm. I'm just I'm more of a History buff, so stuff like Chicago, I like that. I I like the old fashionedness, yeah, in, sure. Uh, that it brings. um I Boston feels more new to me. It's not better or worse. It just feels yeah, um more modern mm. in that sense. So I'll 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 do a wild collar. I'll th- I'll throw my hat in for Chicago. the The neighbors down south from uh from Whis- the old beautiful whiskey. state of wisconsin yeah.
0: and uh yeah i respect it you know i don't think it's wrong you know like it's i think like we've kind of established you can't be wrong at this point <laughs> sure yeah and i think you know it's not like it's a, a unfounded argument to say that chicago was you know the best sports city of all time because yeah. you know it's they have the resume for it but Like I have mentioned, uh, we are not the final say here. Uh, You, the fan, have the opportunity to make your voices heard, and you can vote uh, in the polls online and social media. So make sure you head on over to Sports Talk with Swag on Instagram and Facebook and STWScast on Twitter. There will be polls live on all three of those uh, platforms, so make sure you go and vote Share it so we can get lots and lots of votes because we want to get a good sample size. We want to a good pool here of people voting. Um, and those will be up for a week. And then we will be able to officially and finally declare who or where is the best sports city of all time. Finally, after almost a year of this there we series go. going That's on. That's right. We can finally crown a champion. Um, With that being said, make sure you guys follow the podcast on uh, iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, wherever you find your podcasts. Give it, leave us a five-star rating. You can write an email to gmail.com. I respond to all those emails right away. Um, My thanks to both Brandon and Hunter for being a part of this uh, series finale and for all the other contributions you've made throughout this series. It's been much Much love. Yeah. (laughs) Well, that's going to do it for us here. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode, and we will see you in the next one. Peace. Peace. Peace.